State Line Davos. CommonDreams.org. Cinema High Fives Mansion over filibuster support while schmoozing with CEOs at Davos. This is uh, Brett Wilkins in Common Dreams. Independent U.S. Senator Kirsten Cinema of Arizona and right-wing Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia took heat Tuesday for high-fiving over their shared support of the filibuster while, quote, rubbing elbows with Wall Street CEOs and celebrities in the lap of luxury at the World Economic Forum annual summit in Davos, Switzerland. Cinema, who left the Democratic Party last month, and Manchin sat on a panel with Democrats including Senator Chris Coons, Democrat, Delaware, Representative Mike Sherrill of Democrat, New Jersey, and Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, a multimillionaire. Also on the panel were Republican Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Representative Maria Salazar. At one point during the panel discussion, Manchin asked Cinema, quote, we still don't agree on getting rid of the filibuster, correct? That's correct, the former left wing, uh, left, uh, far left anti-war activist replied, and the two senators proceeded to hide. Comrades and friends, look, we're going to have a lot to say about a lot of people tonight, uh, and that's how I wanted to start, but uh, I don't know how much of the cold open we'll get in, but I really appreciate um, these two gentlemen coming into this studio for the first time. Uh, the, uh, the guest of episode one of the Highlands Bunker podcast from Delaware Liberal, uh, El Sam, Steve Tanzer. Welcome back. Thank you very much. These, these are new digs we got here. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering about the framed picture of Brian Townsend. I'm sure there's a story to go with that. <laughs> Buddy, uh, maybe we should save that. We'll save okay. that. We'll save that for the end because not only is there a story that goes with that, I was able to tell Brian Townsend the story when he was here, <laughs> um, which was interesting, which was interesting. Uh, and um, his, uh, his, his, his comrade in crime? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. My boss. His yeah, boss, his right. blogging boss. He's the, the head <laughs> blogger, the chief blogger, not the deputy blogger uh, of Delaware Liberal. Uh, the, he's, the, he's the Amish uh, capo de tutti capo. That's right. Uh, he's, like the, he's, he's the Amish mafia. Uh, Jason Scott, hello. Left his best. I wanted to get that. Beat you to it. <laughs> I, I read that, article, that headline um, this morning, and I usually, like, when putting together uh, some open thread posts, read the article, and then you read the headline in the article. And I, and I stopped at the headline because that headline said everything. And you're just reading it. I knew Coons was going to be in it. I was like, I should have. Uh, God. Well, here's so the way horrible. I found out. I, somebody sent me something the morning that they all met with CEOs in private. So it leaked out that, that Coons and Cinema and Mansion and basically this group met privately with these CEOs before this panel. Mm-hmm. And then later in the afternoon, I see this video of cinema wearing like I guess it's like a a wool like a shag carpet poncho. Her clothes that, sense really isn't is, all that. But it was tight. It was tight to the. It looked tight to the waist. But yeah, I mean, it looked like a sleeveless sheep, like she was wearing the hide of a sheep. Um, I mean, and as somebody who likes to dress up and likes to do different things and has a sort of a sense of sort of creativity, mm-hmm. she looks like a fucking clown. Um, but she gave this this thing about how they were able to put down, you know, the popular uprising uh, and, and uh, you know, able to put down the 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 cha- the basically the reinforcement of this, the the Voting Rights Act 
mm. and used the filibuster to put that popular uprising down. And then her and Manchin high-fived. And I realized, even though it was like this wide shot of the panel with eight or ten people across this panel, I said, I think I see a baggy suit in there in the middle. <laughs> like, I see an ill-fitting suit. I see, look, we both have receding hairline. That's fair. But I, might, I mean, I'm trying to be cool with it, at least. But yeah. but yes, yeah, so I did look it up, and uh, and Chris Coons was on the panel when she high fived about about putting down the the, the the will of the of the populace uh, for the filibuster. So I know you guys are probably extremely shocked he was on that. I'm side. shocked. I'm shocked that he always wears his older brother's suit to these things. <laughs> and I mean, come on now. I mean, I, and I think it's only fair to talk about his clothes because you you mentioned somebody else's clothes. But yeah, I mean. It's it's infuriating. It, it's such, but you know when I talk, it's weird to even get mad about it anymore on the blog because I feel like it's going out to, you know, sort of like a a closed group. We got to get we got to expand the circle on who knows about uh, how awful these people are. So, and I don't. Well, I will tell you this, and 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 maybe this is a way to sort of like mm -hmm. say you guys were right, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, even when you knew me uh, way back in the day and I was mm -hmm. just shitposting under a pseudonym, mm -hmm. um, you were like, you know, um, Steve worked at like Hall and like mm -hmm. people like read this. Like, <laughs> That's true. Actually look at this. And I was like, ah, probably, you know, there's nothing <laughs> else going on with Joe probably. But now doing doing this, mm -hmm. I know you guys were right. Like <clears throat> people contact me about stuff like I don't even post that much anymore there, but mm -hmm. if I post something, they'll contact me and be like, hey, thanks for, for saying that on the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, and then I, you know, I get, I get word, you know, what, what comms director has this to say about like talking to the call or talking to the podcast or like what ha who, who got, who got hurt, who got insulted by something I said. So I, I will say this, like, it seems like a, it seems like an echo chamber mm -hmm. and the people who comment there are a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. And I'll say the same thing about the podcast, really. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, sort of maybe a different kind of person, but still sort of appears to be an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that's correct. The people that we're trying to insult know exactly what we think about them. That's I'll true. That. I mean, it is, it, it, in that sense, it's not broadcasting, it's narrowcasting to this sort of like group of people who are really intensely interested in. But what, I, and maybe this, you know, later on, later conversation after, uh, after another beer, but uh, how to get like more casually involved people to sort of say, uh, yeah, Chris Coons, wow, yeah, he's not very good. Because the way things are now with the media environment that we have, he's allowed to just pop up every five years and put on a pussy hat at a rally and be like, I'm progressive. You know, people miss the whole, you know, intervening five years somehow and then. Well, I mean, I, th I think he does have a, uh, I mean, he does have a constituency, mm -hmm. you know, a professional sort of bourgeois corporate constituency. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I do appreciate that. And of course, going to Davos and giving that talk and meeting these people are basically like, hey, in five years when I pop up again, mm -hmm. because, you know, he's not going to get a lot of like five dollar donations. Right. Nobody's donating five dollars to Chris Coons. Right. They're, they're, they're getting their maxing out. Yeah. And and the and the and the whatever, whatever institutional machinations need to happen to funnel him money, mm -hmm. that's gonna happen. And so going to Davos is just like a sales pitch. 
mm-hmm. to those people to do exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But but I don't. But you know the the flip side is there was never in my lifetime in Delaware a a counterbalance to that, and now mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. See, That's I think what we've talked about. Yeah, I, I actually think that mm-hmm. the blog has become more influential, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons why is the growth of the grassroots, mm-hmm. especially through WFP, through mm-hmm. Delaware United, because you've you know it's it's a synergy now mm-hmm. and I, I i see us playing a role in that i mean i, I take mm-hmm. a look at you know the people each day i always take a look at how many people clicked onto our blog and it's mm-hmm. really a good amount and yeah we get a, a good amount of com uh, commenters but now we've got something else mm-hmm. and that is that um working together mm-hmm. we've really begun to see some significant change yeah it's already manifested itself in the Delaware State Senate. Mm-hmm. We almost got there in the House, and I really think that we can break down the door in 2024. So let's, so let's mm-hmm. talk about the House. Let's okay. just get into it. Sure. Because we can sit here and rip on coons all day, but <laughs> that's not, that's not going to get us really right. anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, it occurred to me in thinking about – I've been reading a lot about and listening to people who I trust talk about what happened in Brazil on January 8th. Um, Bolsonaro and other other Cretans are are trying to get uh, trying to, to get safe haven in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that shit's going sure on. Sure, they can get safe haven in Florida. Everybody gets safe haven <laughs> in Florida, right? Um, but it occurred to me, you know, like Bolsonaro's background is he was a military guy, and he was part of the military junta that was uh, that was after a coup that ruled the country for a, a long period of time. When when he was inaugurated as as the president of Brazil, oh no no excuse me when he voted before he was the president and he voted to impeach Dilma Rousseff, uh, he he dedicated his vote to impeach Dilma Rousseff, uh, a PT Lula's uh, comrade PT, to a general in the army. That general happened to be an, a general in the junta that tortured Dilma Rousseff during the, 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 the military dictatorship. That's the kind of person he is. And we saw what happened, you know, in, in Brazil. I, I find it a little bit scary. I find it actually a little bit even more scary than like a Trump figure because of that because of that context. Um, but I also sort of it sort of occurred to me that in 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 some ways I'm gonna be provocative now, so I hope you guys are ready for this. <laughs> In some ways, the the Delaware state uh, government is a, a police is a police junta. It's it's the it's the state police actually are the the muscle behind what happens in the house. I think there's no question about that. I think it's the muscle behind Carney's non-action or empty suit nature, sort of just going through the motions to do. I mean, there's a co- obviously a corporate side to it that that's indisputable, but really the muscle behind it is the state police, and and we have a big clog in the drain in in the house. Uh, you guys call it the cop cabal. I think it's exactly right. Um, but do you think we're on the precipice, or do you think that they're stronger than we think? Oh, I think we're on the precipice. Uh, they probably both. I mean, I thought that we might be. We might be at the point of, of tipping it this last time, and we really might have been. I, it, it was. It could have even hinged on the fact that 
Frank Burns just barely lost as opposed to winning, mm -hmm. defeating Mike Ramon. No, I think we're on the precipice. Um, you, you can see how much less of a bench the Pete Acolytes, you know, are now. Um, we did, you know, Andrea Bennett, gone. Um, and so is Larry Mitchell, who was a, 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 a charter member of the Cop Cabal. Um, so what Pete has been forced to do, and this is, shows you how, how thin the bench is, but he did it, mm -hmm. is he organized the committees so that a defection by one Democrat on the committee could basically bury any piece of progressive legislation that you could have that, that, that otherwise might pass. You actually just saw it um, yesterday mm -hmm. or, you know, with the bill dealing with, um, you know, renters rights. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think eventually that, that Stell Parker S Selby will vote to release that bill. However, it won't be enough. Can you, can you give us some background? Because to be honest with you, give me some background. Because I heard that this Stell Parker Selby or whatever her name is kind of jammed this thing up in a committee. Can, can you tell us what it is yeah, what happened there? Give us yeah, like a two-minute Yeah, two she sort of version. jammed it up in the committee. But, but I think she's actually going to eventually vote to release the bill. But it wouldn't have been enough anyway. And that's what I'm going to get to. The bill essentially guarantees that if a landlord continuously fails to make the requisite repairs, fails to be responsive, you have a way of, you know, showing that, yeah, I've got the rent money, it's available, but you're not getting it until this stuff gets fixed, okay? That, that's a real shorthand version. It, it does more than that, but that's essentially what it, what it does. There were concerns from some of the housing advocates, including some people that, uh, with uh, WFP, that the bill had a loophole in it. Well, fortunately, the prime sponsor of the bill, um, in this case, uh, Dorsey Walker, said, okay, I see that. We can do an amendment to get rid of that loophole. Done. Problem solved, except it wasn't. The Housing Committee is comprised of 12 members, seven Democrats, five Republicans. All five Republicans opposed the bill. Selby said, I support the tenants, but I see the landlord thing, and she voted not to release the bill from the committee. I have pretty good assurances that she will ultimately vote to release the bill from committee. Here's the problem. Guess who the sixth Democrat, the one, the seventh Democrat, the one who wasn't at the committee meeting, but who was skulking all over legislative hall is? If you guessed one Lumpy Carson <laughs> from Smyrna, Smyrna, Delaware, you would be correct. Um, I guess he's on the housing committee because he has a house. But... <laughs> Be careful because we we're, we're we're sometimes we can be lumpy defenders here. Yeah, well. we're a little bit we're we're, we're we feel that a little bit. Okay, <laughs> like that whole like, yeah. like the beer drinking sort of character. Yeah. I feel that. I just can't get past the fact that the guy has a pickaninny a, a collection <laughs> of pickaninny dolls. If that doesn't say racist to you, it, it sure does to me. But I anyway, actually, uh, just to be clear, this is a uh, this is a bunker uh, sort of a bunker rule. It's rule seventy two. <laughs> if you have a collection of picking any dolls you are racist That's exactly actually you don't there's no yes. there actually there's no question about you can't that. even write it's not even something you can no you, you can no, cogitate that's, upon that's we know so that. even though even if she's a yes if, if old pete doesn't want that bill out he'll get old lump to come and, and vote not to release it and along with the five five uh, five republicans it won't get out of committee now there's no reason why the committee has to be seven to five it could be seven to four it could be eight to four it could be eight to two Dave Sokola this year, in fact, in the in the Senate, because it's now a 15 to 6 spread, which essentially is 
five to two, right? Mm-hmm. He basically put more Democrats on the committee. So they're like, hey, yeah, I'm giving them the amount of representation their you know numbers in the body deserve. You know what we call that? Democracy. Exactly. Yeah, and so but so on on the House side, then uh, Pete's strategy then was to make sure make the representation not reflect the 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 body. Well, you, okay. So there's 25 Democrats, mm-hmm. 16 Republicans. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty wide. The point is, he can do whatever he it's wants. It's not 50 50. Right. Like what, if it, if if the I guess what yeah. you're saying is if the yeah, oh, if the makeup of the of the body is say 60 40 or mm-hmm. 70 30 mm-hmm. you can make the committees 70 30 mm-hmm. yeah. like they don't have to be 51 49 or mm-hmm. like one vote either way yeah. well, you because can do that not, now it's not really yeah it's mm-hmm. not like, yeah, like the that, labor committee is i think nine republic nine democrats and four republicans yeah. or something like that yeah the senate labor committee yeah or the house labor committee oh the house labor committee is very democratic skewed same thing i think with health and a couple others right but he doesn't do that with the with the real big committees. Not with the to. ones that the big bills are going to go. Not yeah, only that, but what the, the ones the ones he needs the ones he needs housing, econ them. development, public safety, all those have very yeah. tight margins. Right. Not only that, but what he did because he had fewer peeps he could count on, mm-hmm. um, is he based uh, so he so Lumpy's on like seven different committees and Bill Bush is on like six different committees, mm-hmm. and in uh, virtually every case, mm-hmm. um. There are enough votes on those committees because of their membership on those committees mm-hmm. to kill pretty much any progressive bill that comes before it. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that before, how those are set up to, you know, the the placement of bills in particular committees and the makeup of those committees is really where the power is, is, is wielded, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've the placement of bills like Bush and Carson. Yep. <laughs> right. The, basically those two people. I mean, really, well, you've and, got— And Val, I guess, too. Well, Lumpy Carson is— the House chair, one year he's the chair, the other year he's the co-chair of the Joint Finance Committee. I mean, literally, he may not be the dumbest legislator, but he's the dumbest Democrat down there. <laughs> and he is in charge of the most important committee. And guess who else is on that committee? Stephanie Bolden. So, Here, the, you know, can, can I ask you a question about Stephanie Bolden? Stephanie Bolden is actually one of the uh, one of the Democrats who are sort of in this. I put them all in like a category. Um, Sean Matthews is in that category. Yeah, he is. Like, hard, just just atrocious. But the thing that sticks in my mind about Stephanie Bolden is because she was in that special election right after Trump, like they literally spent I think like two hundred thousand dollars a vote to get her to get her elected. No, I think that, and no, she's that, gar- She's absolute trash. No, I don't think that's not Stephanie Bolden. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, I'm talking Stephanie about Stephanie Hansen. That's Stephanie Hansen. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. No, Stephanie Bolden. Well, I mean. Stephanie Bolden is a lost cause. Well, here's the irony on Stephanie because, Bolden. Uh, because that's okay. uh, mm-hmm. she's like a BPG. Yeah. Let yeah. me just – one thing about Stephanie Bolden. Got my Stephanie's cross. If up. you take a look at Stephanie Bolden's history when it comes to campaign finance, she barely had two quarters to rub together for the vast majority of her campaigns. Mm-hmm. Never had an opponent, but, I mean, if she raised like $4,000, it was a lot. Take a look at this year when this, that guy James Taylor, who really was far from an ideal candidate, ran against her. Every developer in the state of Delaware maxed out to her. Mm-hmm. She had so much money, most of which she didn't spend, mm-hmm. but she raised I, I was like $41,000. This was at, at the eight day. I mm. mean, she raised you know, a, you you know, know why I exponentially got more money than she ever raised I got before. confused because you didn't use her the Stephanie T. 
if you just said <laughs> Stephanie, because she demands that you use the fucking oh, okay. commercial. Yeah. And I didn't know. That's yeah. why. That's what happened. No. Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right. I mean, we saw the same thing. I thought about him this week. Speaking of the house, I was at my neighborhood supermarket, just trying to get a loaf of bread and some cheese and stuff, you know. And who do I see in there? Bud Friel, Charles Bud Friel. And, uh, like, I couldn't even bring myself to fucking say anything to him. He saw me, and I was just like, you know what, buddy? Forget it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I just I don't have the energy to even talk to you. Um, but when I think about him, immediately comes to my mind uh, is another person who is going the wrong way on this issue, our boy Nambi. He, he's, uh, he's, he, he seems like he's bought and paid for as well, along the same lines as Stephanie Bolden. Yeah, um, M- Nomdi's been a disappointment. I mean, I supported Nomdi when he ran. I think we did on Tyler Liberal. We kind of all did. Yeah. I mean, Carl's been very clear about yeah. the fact that, I mean, everybody voted for him sort of happily at, at the time. Mm-hmm. But but again, just like a lot of Wilmington politicians, you know. He was he, the anti-Charles Potter. B- I mean, that's why I supported him. Oh, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that BP money, that BPG money spends, I mean. I think Nomdi, it'll be interesting... There are a couple of legislators whose performance this time will be quite interesting. One is Namdi, and the other is Deb Heffernan. And the reason why is that, um, I mean, Namdi almost got got beat. I mean, he almost, may, you know, you can argue whether if the, if the election was a, a week later, he would have lost. I don't know if that's true. People do make that argument. Believe yeah. me, they've made that argument in mm-hmm. here. It's not necessarily true. But the fact is he barely won uh one well, here's the thing. Let me let me ask you because I've asked every I've asked a bunch of people this question. You've probably heard me ask them this. The fact that he only won that primary over Shanae by say 90, 80 votes, whatever it mm-hmm. was, less than a hundred. That's not going to change the way he behaves though, because because his he's serving the same interests. His constituency is the same. Like I don't think, I don't think he thinks. Oh, I'm going to be a little more. Uh, progressive or open on tenants' rights or cop issues because I only won by 70 votes. I don't think that works that way. One, it's a, this is the Mike Ramone thing. Mike Ramone's won by a com- three elections, probably combined 300 votes. Mm-hmm. And, and he, I mean, has he? No, doesn't. Doesn't matter. I've seen, true. But I mean, it's a little bit different situation with, with, uh, with Namdi, and we'll see. Because, I mean, he really had such a close call he may be somewhat chastened, especially if he recognizes that were he to be a bit more progressive, he could well forestall this kind of thing all over again. The one, the one mm-hmm. thing that incumbents value the most of all is not having tough challenges. And so I don't. The, the, I think there's a possibility. Um, Deb Heffernan, I'll be very interested to see. First of all, if she gets some of this green legislation in her committee. You know, will she do the same thing she did last time that and bury it? And, and the, I mean, the the rationale, the people who were defending her said, well, John Carney didn't want it, so she buried it in committee. Well, that's another thing. John Carney, first of all, is is a lame duck, the lamest of lame. Wait, ducks. I mean, he was when hasn't he been a lame they, duck? They one of the I mean, administration. In that, oh, you mean in that sense? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, this of, of all the governors we've had, mm. he has been. By far, the, the most visionless of yeah, any governor yeah. we've ever had. He he mm. he makes Markel look like Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. Well, Markel had vision. Some of it was well. I've I said this before. But, I, I, yeah. I, had, I I you and I agree with this because I've said this before. I mean, Markel was nothing to write home about. Let's be honest. But Markel had an agenda. Mm. Like if you asked him, 
hey, what are some of the things like you would like to see done? Like, what are what's an issue that maybe you could address or you could champion? He would be able to be like, okay, I, I have a few things I can tell you. Right. But, uh, Carney ha- is is a, is a zero. The guy's a cipher. He's a nothing. Well, he's an empty suit. When he's gone, nobody will ever remember he was there because he's served the interest of the same. Like, he's just. You know, there's wait, nothing there. Wait for Governor Bethany Hall Long. She's going to make Garney look good. No. I, I mean, <laughs> Garney got everything done he wanted to in the first two months because he privatized Dito and That's made true. the uh, right. door prosperity. And that was like his main thing. Yeah. And what a thing to It's like, we, we need, you know, that's a good point. And this is not just true of Carney, but it's been true of every governor, with the arguable exception of Ruth Ann, who had as a Secretary of State someone who wasn't a corporate, you know, yeah. someone who's fealty to the corporate. Her, her Secretary of State was uh, Harriet Windsor, and she was actually pretty good. But um, but uh, all of these people, it's all about the secrecy. I mean, Dito was all about the secrecy and av- avoiding FOIA. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you see it now. I mean, every month when you see what comes before them, and they, they rubber stamp everything that comes before them. They have never turned down one of those proposals. And it's like, they keep giving money to Amazon. Hello, couldn't you at least require that mm-hmm. they uh, they they that, that if you're going to give put a contingency on Amazon, like you have to make sure your workers aren't being worked to death. You have to pay them a, a living <laughs> wage. No, we can't do that. But they'll go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, un, un, unreal. And you're right, Carney is just such a master of secrecy. Plus, the other thing, his other priority. I can't believe that you guys have forgotten about mm-hmm. this already. Budget. Smoothing. <laughs> smooth budget, smooth oh, brain. We, 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 we you need a very smooth brain <laughs> to believe in a smooth budget. <laughs> we, we can't expand the base of the budget because it's, everything has to be a one-time, which reminds me. There's a one-time up right now, $20 million to the cops, no mm-hmm. strings attached. It got out of committee today, Mike, uh, Mike Smith bill. Um, <laughs> of course, it got out of the, ho- the Homeland Security Committee, which is really the cop cabal committee. Mm-hmm. It, it, uh, by the way, so did that. So did that that um, that uh, porch theft bill, mm-hmm. which is one of the dumbest bills that I've seen in recent memories. No, okay, let's let's talk about these two things. Okay, <laughs> number one, since you mentioned it, Mike Smith has a podcast. I understand. Really? Everybody has a <laughs> podcast now. Everybody with Mike wow. Smith. Mike Smith. Mike right. up with Mike Smith. Yeah. It's called Mike Dub. Mike, Mike up. up. Mike up with Mike yeah, like Smith. Mike. M M I C. Yeah. <laughs> But it's the same as Mike, yeah. so it sounds the same. Hmm. I so know. so, sort of so I'm 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 calling it out now. I would like uh, Mike all mic'd up to get a panel of like libertarians and like suburban dorks that he knows, and have me. I'll come play. I'll put on my road grays. I'll put on my change kit. I'll go to his thing, and I want them to explain to me. Why we have to keep? Because he also, I saw you wrote something. Keeps t- he wants to make sure taxes of these houses, these uh, real estate taxes, stay extremely low. But we have to give as much as we possibly can to the police. Yeah. And then the the thing that people do when they have their their housing taxes low is they send people to the private schools. Mm-hmm. So the schools are bad because they don't pay any taxes. But then mm-hmm. the, the, the the what they get, they send their kids to private schools. Mm-hmm. So is can we start a uh, a movement? Uh, to get me all mic'd up. Let's go. Uh, can I get mic'd up? REV mic'd up? Hashtag REV mic'd up. We have a couple of movements going. One is uh, Sarah McBride to take on Tom Carper, but I, I would put this one above that one. 
that movement. I feel like it's more important. <laughs> I feel like it's more. I mean, personally, I feel like it's a lot more important. Okay. Number one. So that that I would like to I would like that. All right. So well, this is the my Mike Smith point. That's my first point. Mm-hmm. The second point was I forget what was the next thing you said. Oh, I mentioned the, I mentioned the, uh, the porch pirates theft bill. Oh yeah, because you said something was like the stupidest bill you've ever seen. So I want you to explain because I didn't. Oh, no, I saw it was dumb, but I did, I don't know what it is. No, you're you're overstating. I said it's the stupid stupidest bill I've seen so far this session. <laughs> I, and or let me let me even add to that the stupidest bill I've seen so far this session that might actually have a chance of passing the House if not the Senate. I don't think the Senate's going to do anything with it. Okay, so here's the bill. The bill creates a new crime for for stealing basically porch pirates. Okay, that's the new thing, right? People. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal: theft is already a crime. Okay, and there are gradations to the theft statutes based upon how much you steal. Right. Mm-hmm. Stealing from the mailbox is a federal offense, and they come down real mm-hmm. hard on that. Mm-hmm. So this is creating a new crime, but it's redundant because you already have in statute all kinds of things, you know, to to to, to forestall, to to to, to, to try people who mm-hmm. are guilty of theft. It's merely for stacking purposes. Now this is what happened 25 years ago with the drug laws. Mm-hmm. Crack, right? Crack. Mm-hmm. What they did, they. They, they pass all this legislation so that you could just stack charge upon charge upon charge upon charge. So the best you could do is, like, negotiate down to, like, you know, 18 years in jail for, you know, smoking a joint in public. Mm-hmm. So I'm exaggerating. Um, but this is what this bill th- – there's no point for th- to this bill. There here's, was, here's the point. Oh, so there's more, but there's more, but there's more. Okay. Here's the other thing. The bill provides that if whatever you steal is from someone aged 62 or older – it's an even higher grade offense, as if, and this is what I said, in that case, we need to arm every porch pirate with the minivan apps. Now, Carl knows all about the minivan apps. These are the apps that when we're going door to door, we, we click on the thing, and it tells us who lives there, what their age and sex is, and what their party affiliation is. Without the minivan app, how would you ever know the age <laughs> of the person from whom you are stealing? It's absolutely well, and we Stupid. actually we looked into this one a little bit more because we were talking about it with some elected officials that were, you know, in the mm-hmm. are probably going to have to end up voting on this. And they looked into it and the stuff about the 62 year olds, about the disabled people, like the extra things that you that are in that bill literally copied and pasted from the theft statute. Exactly. Line for now, line. What if, well, here's the thing. What if it's just the same you crime? steal a right. sweater? From a porch. Now, two people live in that home: a seventy-year-old woman and her thirty-year-old daughter. Seven. What if it was addressed? Seventy. Seventy. Right. Okay. What if it was addressed to the seventy-year-old woman, but you thought it was for the thirty-year-old woman? They can somebody stack you on that. No, what I guess what I'm trying to say is this is fucking stupid. Well, yeah. what, uh, plus what uh, what Carl said is. The stacking is already in the code. We're just adding another offense to stack upon the stacks we already have in the code. We should be doing away with that stuff. It well, makes the no other thing is, let's be honest. Like, <clears throat> oh, by you're the way, taking what? the p- people who take packages now at the age of Amazon, right. people who figure out how to steal packages off of porches, are literally like the most marginalized. Like they're looking to get. Literally anything. It's, it's the people sometimes in the city, like, 
they'll pull handles of parked cars to see if they're open to steal like any loose change or anything you leave in the car. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> that person does not need, as we talked to James uh, Nolan about it, the pre- the cop last week. That person does not need to like get more charges. There's a problem that needs to be addressed, mm-hmm. but I don't know if like more law enforcement is the problem. That yeah. I mean, there's also addressed. teenagers that are just assholes. Like it happens. We, you know, people are assholes. They do bad, dumb things, but it doesn't yeah. mean they deserve like giant fines and years. Yeah, in jail. if you catch them, as Steve said, there's a mechanism for dealing with it yeah. already. Oh, the other thing, there was one more element to the bill, which I'm guessing from what Carl said is probably already in the existing statute. Now think about this. The the um the penalty for the offense goes up if whatever you steal is worth more than wait for it, fifty thousand dollars, and then another one at a hundred thousand dollars, because who has never had a package that comes to your porch, you know, with at least fifty thousand dollars worth of merchandise in it? Well, you know, I always I'm right on this. I have yeah, it right absolutely. on the stoop. I try to leave anything <laughs> over a quarter million dollars in a box on the stoop. You're buying a lot of cougar ants all I mean, the time. That's the problem. The laundered money bearer, I get from world. I have a I have a, a, a box of bearer bonds. <laughs> hey, you know, working families party sends me that that laundered money, and I just yeah. It's the Soros money. That's how there. Soros uh, Steve, sends, though, us, sends what our money. It reminds me of um, a similar thing where legislators are trying to appear to be legislating but they're kind of not and it's what was it like adding punishment adding more punishment to something like if you if you do a crime to a nurse or like or like a first responder or something they do it all the time and it's it's i i mean i guess they after an election they've been going around and talking to people like kim williams is going into her district and somebody's saying, "Oh, my poor, my package was stolen," and Correct. so now she has to p- appear like this she's is legislation. Doing this is this is um, constituent services yeah. uh, masked in a legis- in legislation. Except it's yeah. it's faux constituent services. She has yeah. another bill, the noise bill, mm-hmm. um, which uh, basically it says, "I love this one," and I know that she got complaints. Mm-hmm. So when you're not going to do anything, you do what Kim Williams <laughs> did. You introduce a bill saying, "The Department of Transportation." Homeland Security, and I forget what the other one was, are to get together and come up with a plan dealing with noise abatement by October. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to do anything, even though we have legislative aides out the wazoo, especially with all of the legislative fellows from the University of Delaware. So you guys aren't doing anything out there. You come up with a plan. Nothing's going to come of it, but she'll be able to go back to her constituents and say, you see? You see what I did? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, what I've learned from this is, number one, Kim Williams, do better. I feel like you can do better. I've seen you out. Not so sure. Well, you know what? Kim, here's what I'll say. Uh, This room, they're not clear about whether you can do better. And as I said to uh, Medina, as I've said to many people before, (coughs) if you don't like what you're saying, if what we're saying about you, and you think you can do better, just do better. And then we, we will say like, hey, that she did it. One thing that was revealed to me in my selection was the sad trajectory of Deb Heffernan's legislative career, where it starts, and, and I think Kim Williams is uh, sadly possibly on the same weird trajectory, which is it starts out best intentions, you know, uh, focused on the kinds of things you want a legislator to be focused on, the community or, you know, her, her state. <clears throat> but then as time goes on, you know, in the last election, just before she uh, Heffernan got an award for being, you know, the chemical industry's, you know, number one, you know, booster or whatever, 
Um, but it didn't start like that. And I think Kim Williams is a similar, similar case. It didn't start like that for her. I would suggest that it's similar but different. Um, Kim, both Kim and Deb, I believe, mm. were on local school boards. And uh, Kim came down to Dover, and her real focus was on education. And mm -hmm. I think she's been good mm -hmm. in general on those bills. That's what's frustrating is she really has been. Mm -hmm. But then when you see her, for example, you know, um, try to kill the assault weapons, people saying, my assault weapon, uh, it'll be illegal if you don't, <laughs> I, I can only have like 25 rounds of ammunition in there. Yeah, Deb, Heffern crazy. Deb Heffernan's a little bit different in, mm -hmm. in the sense that I think Deb Heffernan, and this is not just true at the state level, but it's also true at the county level. I, I wrote a mm -hmm. series of articles about how essentially, you know, the campaigns of all, virtually all of the county council persons, other than Dee Durham and mm -hmm. Dave Carter, are underwritten by the, um, you know, b by the developers and mm -hmm. their lawyers. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was shocked because I never really focused on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what happens. You go down there, and the first thing you know is Bobby Bird's talking to you, and it's like, that's Bobby Bird. It's, it's <laughs> Bobby Bird lives in the district, by the way. He lives, lives in Deb Heffernan's district. But I think that's what happens. They, they make it so easy for mm -hmm. you to fall into that mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, you know, path of least resistance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's not like they're coming to you every week to get you to kill a bill. It mm -hmm. just builds up over the course of years. Yeah. So I do think they, they both started with best of intentions. I think with Deb, she just got really comfortable with that mm -hmm. milieu down there. Mm -hmm. And um, now she has said that she will no longer mm -hmm. accept money from the petroleum industry because she mm -hmm. would accept money from the uh, Delaware City refinery every every mm -hmm. cycle. But mm -hmm. she said that after she already banked the uh, six hundred dollars for for this year. Um, <laughs> the question is, will she do the same with the chemical industry? Because she buried really mm -hmm. good legislation in her committee. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer. I will say this. She got quite the wake-up call from Abeka Kato. Yeah, she was she was not prepared for it. This goes back to my this goes back to my question before, though. Mm -hmm. Like, Namdi lost by ninety. Or excuse me, won by ninety votes. Shanae lost mm -hmm. by ninety votes. Mm -hmm. Deb Heffernan, at the end of the day, while she had to campaign her ass off, which she did not want to do, mm -hmm. and while she got run right to the finish line by Abeka Kato. I mean, she won fairly comfortably. And she, so, like, do you think she's going to – in uh, someone in her position is going to be like, well, I better I better straighten up because, I again, this goes back to the Namdi thing and the, and, the, and the Ramon thing. I don't know if they're going to straighten up. Like, I don't think that that's the way it works. But the well, one thing I will say about her committee is that it has gotten better because basically it's uh, – I have the list pulled up here somewhere. Uh, it's her as the chair, Sophie Phillips as vice chair. Then you have Paul Bombach, Carrie Evelyn Harris, Larry Lambert, Ray Moore, Medina Wilson, Anton, and then you have Krista Griffiths, who's not bad look, on environmental Griffiths, stuff. Look, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm, and then you have Bill Carson. Now. Of I'm in the suburbs now. She's okay. So it's a nine-five yeah. Democratic yeah. Republican committee. So you need two people, and you know you got Bill Bush in there, but I don't think anybody else there, unless Deb Harpin really wants to put her name as someone who kills a bill. Uh, it's a lot harder for them to kill something like the Climate Change Solutions Act. And also just want to, uh, on the the topic of uh, giving people their due when they do good things, uh, Public Safety Committee, the Porch Pirate Bill did get out of committee, but there was one no vote, uh, and it was from Cindy Romer. So shout out to Cindy. Oh, shout yeah. out Cindy Romer. That's his uh, look. This is uh, the, the, the spirit of Kowako lives. Well, that Thank committee, you, Representative Cindy Romer. Yeah. Well, that, that committee really – 
is, I mean, I, I, Cindy's on there, and it's like, man, the rest of that committee, I mean, you, you know, you've got Franklin Cook. Oh, well, look, he, he, Franklin Cook's the kind of guy, like, we don't even bring it up, because there's no point. No, there is a like, point. Like, this guy's, gar- like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, but he, he, he will be defeated if a credible opponent runs against him. Not can be defeated, will be defeated. Well, I think we, that's a proof of concept that we already proved, right? I mean, we proved that with Medina. We proved that with uh, Larry uh, Mitchell losing. We proved, like, that's proven. Like, you, you, if you do it, you can do it. Yeah. It's just a matter of, uh, you know. Will someone take the lead? Yeah. yeah. I think we need um, to go back to uh, the ninth a little bit, my part of Delaware, which is to blow the cow, the Lumpy Carson, Stephanie Hansen. Uh, before that, um, Ennis and um, the guy from Smyrna, who was the judge. Uh, Jim Vaughn. Jim Vaughn, the terrible. Oh, God. Like, they, na- they, like, they literally named the prison. Yeah, it's well, like it was appropriate. Breeding yeah, ground I mean, for like not go. very good Democrats. And I think, um, just to make it about me, we need to get the um, Working Family Party more interested in county elections. Because I think if we get somebody in Newcastle County to start to shake things up, then they could build maybe build a base enough to take on um, Hensley, who's perennial, you know, um, candidate and always seems to do well. In, but Jason, in didn't you say that mm. one of the things that Hensley has going for him? Because I, I don't know anything about that district. Yeah, is that there are a lot of sort of senior communities in there, and that he really tends to their needs a lot. Yeah, it's a kind of a it has a marginal Democratic registration edge, but it's it's always been a very difficult. That's where um, Cathcart. He he used to be yeah. the representative down there. Yeah. So isn't that the case, Jason? That it's a really challenging committee for a district because of that. Absolutely, and and he's um, probably more than any of the other Republicans that I can that I know of is uh, active, maybe more than uh, maybe Ramon, but. Uh, trying to blur the line in the district about who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. And not by, you know, saying I'm a Democrat, but by just being everywhere all the time at all those homeowners association meetings. And then the homeowners association newsletter goes out and it has his name. You know, Kevin Hensley was here and he was great and we think he's doing a great job. And so he's very good on that. But still, I mean, you know, he still votes for the Republicans, I think more, more often than not. And he's not, he's nobody's sort of uh uh Progressive Republican. Oh no, he's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. And Ramon really is is a, a, an out now dyed in the wool Republican. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's rare that he actually you know crosses the line. Mm-hmm. Um, true. But yeah. the, you know, that's in that way, your district's kind of like what used to be the Brandywine Hundred districts. Right. They were Republican districts, and what would happen is it, it wasn't like it was necessarily real, you know, like Trump Republicans at all. Mm-hmm. But the, the representatives would go to all those civic association mm-hmm. meetings and what have you, and mm-hmm. and they they really build up a, a network. Through Ask that. Laura Sturgeon how to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, it's doable. Yeah, it's, it's just, doable. but the um, but you know, to talk about the cop cabal and you know all the cops that are in there, both Democrats and Republicans, and the sort of uh, de- Dixiecrat ish, you know, Democrats. They're not as Dixiecrat as Vaughn. Bob like Burr, straight Democrats. up. No, yeah. th- no, that's literally Dixiecrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know the ones that are are, are real, you know, cop cabal yeah. uh, sympathizers. Well, the Dixiecrats are basically a lot of them are gone. It yeah. used to be that Sussex County was when I was working in that mm-hmm. the the Senate for mm-hmm. at least the first ten twelve mm-hmm. years, solid Democratic, mm-hmm. and those are mostly I mean Thurman Adams, yeah. you know, 
yeah. uh, Bob Venables. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, Richard Cordry. I mean, they mm-hmm. they were not quite Dixiecrats, but they were closer to that mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. else. That was when upstate downstate was more of a divide than Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's changed now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess you could call Carson a Dixiecrat because he's a racist, but <laughs> most most of them, and sp- certainly in the House, have been mm-hmm. replaced with Republicans now. So. Yeah. That's why I thought um, the this was a Senate race in um, uh, Smyrna could go to uh, Pew, yeah. which it didn't. But that w- uh, that that one's that one was one I was I was nervous about. Yeah, and so far the the jury is more than out on mm-hmm. Kira Hoffner. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, because Kira Hoffner has been in here, and um, it was just us for this. This was one of those situations where Carl wasn't here. And I, I got a good vibe from her. And so I have no reason to say this. I mean, her, the jury is still out. She hasn't really done anything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to I see, you know, I want to see what she does because I, I felt decent about it, but who mm-hmm. knows. So uh, let's get into this. I want to talk more about, like, local media, which, what we should be doing. I wonder what you guys think about we were talking about it before, about being confrontational with, I mean, you guys have always done it. Kowalko's always done it. But I wonder whether we have to get more strategic and we have to convince more people to do it. You were talking about this a little bit yeah. before, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do we get people to realize that Chris Coons is like the, your boss that you hate? Like, he's a garbage person. Right. He's serving garbage interests that are not your interests. But ha- but the, the trick is um, sort of getting people to, to do it in a, to, to do what we're doing in a strategic way mm-hmm. so that people feel comfortable doing it with us. Yeah, and I, th- and I think the, um, the media landscape now is, <coughs> is interest- it's an interesting thi- place. Like, <coughs> like, a lot of people get their, their day-to-day news in – uh, Middletown from like a right wing news aggregator site, and, and that is some bullshit. Because why? Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why are they getting? You know, or for I don't want to give them you know uh, uh, hits, but there's a right wing. You know, there's a couple. Of, is it first state something? Yeah, first state update. Yeah, first yeah. State you update. don't have to worry about us giving them hits. They get more hits than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, that's a Facebook thing, but, Facebook algorithm. But the but the idea that you know, just sort of non—you know—political weirdos, just like regular civilians, sort of get their get their local news from uh, basically this Delaware State Police press releases that right. just they just post up, you know, verbatim. And it, it and it and I think it, it feels to me like if um, that that we should be like Delaware liberals should be doing more in terms of trying to get those civilians to say. And, and meet them where they are, whether it's talking about Wegmans once in a while or, you know, the uh, <laughs> top uh, shortstop prospects from Slazianum. But the, the, ten, the 10 greatest tailbacks to the University of Delaware yeah, exactly. of the 20th century. But, but by doing that, that... Kevin Tresselini's got to eat. But then at least give it an option to people who um, want to get some local news that's not just the, uh, you know, verbatim, you know, publishing of the state police, you know, you know, spokesman, you know, because those things are largely not true. 
a lot of things we, they've Correct. said are not accurate. Well, well they're also again, utterly they, incomplete because <laughs> they, they exclude virtually everything. Well, the idea <laughs> that, right. yeah, I mean, the idea that the idea that somehow the state police are giving you. This is they said it. So this is this right. is it. This is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They have a narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because this is a great place to sort of jump off on this conversation. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of stick, not for the podcast, because I think people understand that the podcast is like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a lot of entertainment to it, so right. people are fine. But a lot of people give the call a lot of stick, because obviously I edit a lot of pieces on the call and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of help on that team mm-hmm. or whatever, about it being like advocacy. Like, mm-hmm. you have a point of view, or like... Our, our one of our editors and contributors, Ray Krantz, wrote a story about a, a, a protest and a situation, and she was at the protest. And so we put a disclaimer on it. Mm. She went to the protest as an advocate. Mm. That this is what she saw. This is what she, what she this is who she talked to. Right. And you can take take or leave it. And it's like people had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking like, but you run basically police press releases. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think there's a narrative there that they're trying to do? Like, right? Like, is that that's like that, that's, that's ob- news? That's objective. That's hard news. Objective hard news. Right. Right. But if but if somebody goes out and participates in a demonstration, talks to people, writes it up, and tells you this is why we were here and this is the demonstration, that's somehow jaded. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and so I think that's the challenge is getting the the civilians uh, by writing. I- interesting, like you guys are doing really interesting long form journalism or short little just snappier head, funnier headlines for existing stories to get people to say, uh, to at least be exposed to a different point of view because there's so much of, um, you know, so much coming from the right wing now that you don't almost everybody kind of internalizes that that viewpoint uh, if they're not paying attention, if they're not critical thinking, and if, if they're not sort of like intellectually curious. You just automatically sort of say, "Oh, you know, you know, Wilmington's a hellhole or whatever." Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Like, um, uh, people people assume who was an outlier it goes back to like the Bernie thing. Like, well, no one's going to do that. That's an outlier. But you don't really. You all you're doing is like, all you're doing is living in the suburbs and watching MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really know what people will, are capable of or what they could do. Like you're not actually really interested in finding out. Yeah, and and, but but like you're making assumptions that I don't think are are, are necessarily true. Right, and in the absence of um, real community or real solidarity, real you know um, connections between people, they'll take you know fraudulent ones, you know sham sham ones, you know from you know whatever Facebook group they happen to be on that kind of thing. So that's that's the challenge. That's that's where we. Uh, and it's kind of invigorating to me to know that um, there's a cha- the challenges out there. I think that the uh, you know from time to time we've been doing this for a long, long time. Steve, and I, <laughs> like Steve was one of the first you know commenters who, when I was writing up my little you know nonsense and trying to pick things from the news to talk about, that I would really like sort of like hit publish and then hope that like El Somnambula would comment because <laughs> I like I knew he had like 10 times more knowledge about something than I did. Well, the story is actually the story going back. I was mm-hmm. still working for the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. And um, when I first became aware of Delaware Liberal, I, I think that 
you, Jason, he said accusatorily, came mm-hmm. down to Dover at some point and had people sign your belly mm-hmm. uh, as a petition. Mm-hmm. I forget what the o- I- issue was. but Was there pictures of this? Yeah, there are. There's, uh, it was the open body. It was um, uh, – they were trying to – it was a FOIA thing that the um, – the thing could be an open body. Ah, that's what it was. Okay. And so my open body, in the spirit of rebelliousness, was. So, so what happened was I can't believe this is the first time I'm hearing about. Oh it. yeah, man, this is an incredible piece of like, <laughs> piece of like a uh, piece of like art. Blog history, exactly. <laughs> performance art. Yeah. It is performance art. So I was still working in the legislature, and I remember that it was getting towards the end of a th- maybe a 2007 session. Mm-hmm. And Ruth Ann Minner had vetoed a bill, and there was going to be a veto override. And so I was in Legislative Hall, but I was on my own computer, so I was kind of reporting on it, and I was using the moniker Sagacious Steve, oh. which everyone figured out was me. <laughs> so but how would they, how'd they, how'd they fucking sort that out? I, was I mean, I know a lot of people like yeah. Hall are dolts, but that was... That pretty doltish, yes. It was pretty fucking yes. obvious. So but. I knew I couldn't... I couldn't, you know, do anything. And I said, we don't want you. We don't want you even, you know, putting anything on the blog, even if you're not in legislative hall. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I, I, but I knew I couldn't do it as sagacious Steve, right? Uh-huh. But most of the time, you know, let session was over. I'm mm-hmm. at home, so I had to come up with a new moniker, mm-hmm. and I also had I couldn't just use the same writing style. So I, I came up with El Somnambulo. I was a fan of lucha libre wrestling, and um, so I came up with El Somnambulo, and to avoid writing in the same style, my first two years, I wrote in the third person. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, uh, yeah. In fact, the first time I actually, once once I got fired by Val Longhurst, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I showed up as a contributor for legislative, um, for, for Delaware Liberal, mm-hmm. was over at um, Pandora's house. She was one of our mm-hmm. contributors. Mm-hmm. And I showed up in a lucha mask, which I thought <laughs> was a nice way to break the ice. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I had a, this will blow your guys' mind. Mm-hmm. I had a dinner one night. It was like a. I mean, I mean you've been to Pandora's house. I won't say mm-hmm. her name because mm-hmm. she writes under a pseudonym, but I've been there as well. She's great. I I, I was at her home uh, with a dinner with her husband, mm-hmm. uh, her uh, her kids, and uh, and Steve Newton and his wife. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. It was a, mm-hmm. actually a very nice dinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, S- Steve, he's an interesting character. I actually would like to talk to that guy again because I haven't engaged with him in years. But he has like a dopey sort of libertarian thing. But I'm I'm interested in this in this Delaware thing where like the libertarians are breaking with like the ultra right. Like they don't they don't want to be like Lauren Witzke libertarians, so they're like breaking with that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very funny because they don't realize that like that's all the same thing. Like it's they don't yeah, get it. You know, they don't, they're like, why do all of these crazy people latch on to our <laughs> ideas? You're like, uh, guess what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm similarly torn with Steve because I like the guy personally, and he's very thoughtful and he's he an engaging guy. He's a historian he's too, which I, I'm always like, a, you know, yeah. I'm a big I'm a but, fan of that. But this uh, third middle ground party, what it, I, I I can't even sort of articulate it. But I, when I was reading about what what they're trying to do in terms of being the different kinds of libertarians, I was like, come on, man. I mean, the Democratic Party could use a lot more uh, people of all of all you know, except for centrists. We're plenty. We're full. No more centrists. We're full. You know what? <laughs> We've uh, we're at our we're at our maximum. I'm sorry, we can't have any more. Go, uh, you know what? Go join the Libertarian Party. 
Did I? I gotta tell you. That, I don't know if I can. Carl may have to cut this out, but I was so <laughs> mad after uh, Hillary Clinton botched that election against Trump that I changed my registration and have, you know, rage quit the Democratic Party and joined the um, the Green Party and said and and said to um, some people in the Green Party, <coughs> uh, look, I um. You know, I've been doing this blog, Delaware Liberal, and it has some readership. And I, I want to be, you know, bringing, I want to be a place where the Green Party sort of interacts with Democrats and it can be sort of like a, a, a middle ground. And, um, and I think that ultimately some kind of coalition politics should, should happen because the Democratic Party needs people like who are, you know, intense like you guys, but more on the left. And I got shut down so hard. What like, was their what was their beef with like the left? It, it, it was no different than you know we might as well have been Republicans. Like I might I might as well have been trying to tell them to to you know sign up with George W. Bush or you know Trump. They have no they had no interest at all. I mean I got shut down so hard and so quick that. But I what was, was probably, there? Was did they have a particular like particular beef? Like just because anything that's. <clears throat> Like I guess liberal has a has a particular connotation now, uh-huh. but like, th- w- what was their what was their general beef? It's just like oh, it's a, it's a one party system. They're both the same. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. And there was and there was no sort of discussion. That was that was the end of it. Like that was they were so committed to that. It's there. It's a one party system. There's no difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Bernie. Bernie well, Bernie's kind of independent, but but like. I mean, when they say that, you can you can kind of have a okay. You got a point. Hillary Clinton's not a great candidate, but if you guys come over to the party, then we then we get a better candidate. You know, we get our our, our voice is stronger. And they're like, no, the Democratic yeah, well, Party. Here's, here's what's interesting, and this is a this mm-hmm. is a question. Maybe we'll both we'll sort of finish on maybe about sort of building the movement, mm-hmm. because I actually get more sort of. Um, People will listen to me who are Republican, who will mm-hmm. say the same thing about Hillary Clinton that mm-hmm. a Green Party candidate would say. Mm-hmm. But when I tell them that I also didn't like Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and I thought Bernie would have won because X, Y, Z reasons, mm-hmm. they listen to me. Where the Green Party will not. No. The Green Party is sort of like, that's a protest. They're not interested in, in they're actually not interested in, um, participating right sort of the same thing with the libertarians yeah yeah they're not really interested in participating yeah but the republicans actually are interested in participating Mm -hmm. and so if you tell them the reasons why you didn't like hillary clinton Mm -hmm. like people are like oh biden had these uh documents classified Mm -hmm. documents Mm -hmm. why are they doing that well i mean i know why but like throw them both in jail biden (laughs) and trump so execute them i don't care a shit like you know what i mean like, when people yeah. hear, like, what you say, they're like, oh, okay, so you, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't get involved in the things that, like, the scaremonger stuff. Yeah. And I tell them, like, yeah, trans people, like, I know trans people, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Right. Like, what about the swimming? I'm like, stop being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fucking stupid. You're being stupid now. Like, I'm talking to a guy, I'm at a barbecue in fucking Pittsville, fucking Maryland. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, Penn swimming. I'm like, oh, what do you have, a, you have a daughter in Yale? <laughs> <laughs> Did she do the breaststroke? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Nobody cares about that stuff, bro. 
Like what what you think the what you think the woke thing is doing? Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. I, I think your boss is doing. Right. Like well, that, there's that, no that's... woke agenda. Your boss is the agenda. Your well, boss is yeah. fucking you. There's no woke agenda. Well, yeah. that's pretty. Yeah. Apparent. And so those people, but, the, but mm-hmm. I guess so. This will be the question. Mm-hmm. Those people seem more open to mm-hmm. you having that conversation about workers mm-hmm. and like a Chris Coons type who's not on your side mm-hmm. than uh, than like a Green Party or a Libertarian. So I'm actually, this is why I want to go on uh, mic'd up. Yeah. R-E-V on mic'd up. Let's go. <laughs> Hashtag. We got to do it. All I can say is I, I, I don't think I agree with you, only because I've been doing a lot of door-to-door the last, I mean, that's what I love doing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as I get older and older, mm-hmm. I can hit fewer and fewer doors. But, it, I mean, because the, the, the two parties have become so diametrically opposed, it's really a challenge. Now, what I, you know, what I have found is that, you know, doing the door-to-door, it's such a great way of building the grassroots. You have people mm-hmm. who you find out are sort of in your camp, but they mm-hmm. haven't really been active. And mm-hmm. so your job is to try mm-hmm. to encourage them any way you can mm-hmm. to get active. Yeah. And so um, I don't, yeah, I, I just didn't, that was not my experience is all I can say just mm-hmm. in the last few cycles uh, knocking doors that, yeah. I guess my, I guess my thing was more, Directed towards like the Green Party, or the yeah. somebody who somebody who goes out of their way to identify mm-hmm. as like this yeah. thing. Yeah, I, and I think Steve Steve's uh, right because the the real the way forward is to get those people who are uh, have affinity, and and it's probably you know political science on this, and it's all been studied, but the um, sort of leaners, the affinity ones, to be more active, and so I think that maybe there's a role for. Uh, Delaware liberal, you know, going forward to sort of n- not not be less authentic, not not to tone it down, but to also offer things that are attractive to the the sort of uh, leaners, you know. Well, I think that's why the synergies that we now have in Delaware, and mm-hmm. it, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it, mm-hmm. that most states don't have. Mm-hmm. I never dreamed. In fact, we, we were talking about mm-hmm. you know when we were going to go up the blog and everything, mm-hmm. man. The Working Families Party and mm-hmm. and Delaware United and, and Network mm-hmm. Delaware, that has rejuvenated me like you wouldn't believe because mm-hmm. we now see results. Yeah, I mean, not just electoral results, although we see those. Mm-hmm. We see some legit results with legislation down in Dover, and we know that we, we are this close, mm-hmm. and that is finally getting enough progressives in the House to overthrow the cop cabal mm-hmm. and getting – governor who even if they're not that great will not be an impediment and you know someone that will actually just try to stop stuff from being passed how about oh, well i'm not really crazy about it but yeah good i mean just that mm-hmm. i mean that's why i i said you know i would have no problem with with lisa blunt rochester running for governor do you want to do a governor carl do you want to do like a around the horn what do we think because th- the governor's kind of like up in the air now right? it is i mean mm-hmm. th- w- w- carl what's what's the word on the street right now the governor <laughs> There's because enough Carl word on the street on the that street I can't hey, say. Look, Carl yeah. lives. Actually, people know this, and and yeah. one of the reasons Carl lives on the street is because people will not patronize this podcast because they hate me. But the problem <laughs> is, it's really what you're doing is taking money out of Carl's pocket. There you go. <laughs> but like, so what's face? <laughs> so yeah. So what? What is? What's? What's the word on this governor thing? I feel like it's kind of blowing up. So, yeah, I mean, we got the same two as before. We got Matt Meyer, who I think is – people keep – every time I talk to somebody, it's like, oh, yeah, Matt Meyer running for governor. Like, what? 
he's had his committee up since early last year. Like he's not been super secret about this. Right. He literally hired Eric Razorsham like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Eric uh, Trump, who, who Liz Trump is no longer with yeah, him. Yeah, he's he's with yeah, Lydia she's now. With the, he's with the Lydia of York. I would love. You know to what? Him. That's the other thing we'll do with on the fun half yeah. is we'll talk about the, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 Kathy coverage. But uh, let's go back to the. Coverage. I would lo- uh, I would love to know. I haven't talked to Eric since, but I would love to know what precipitated that change because yeah. I really thought he was brought on to be uh, to, yeah. to be uh, Matt Myers' political brain. That's what it seemed like, but I think he's got some outside people now. Um, okay. And then Bethany Hall Long, also the most running for governor person. I don't think she's officially announced yet, but she had Bethany twenty twenty four buttons at her like victory party or whatever it was in twenty twenty two. And then yeah, the other ones. You know, there's a lot of other names that get thrown out. Um, you hear like uh, what's his name, the guy who doesn't even live here, uh, w- Walker. No. Well, he is back, but he was just running no, for state senate. That's uh, not a name to mention. <laughs> why can I not remember this guy's name? Former Denrec guy. Oh. Oh, um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, uh, Colin. Colin. Colin O'Mara. Yeah. Colin O'Mara, uh his name's been thrown around. Lisa Bunt Rochester's name's been thrown around if I guess if that senate seat doesn't open up. And then um, you know, Kathy Jennings' name had gone thrown around, though I haven't heard that as much lately, so I assume she's sticking around. Um, and I'll throw some other random names out there just to sort of like muddy the waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lydia York, Kathy McGinnis. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Trey Pardee. That would be a fun one. Let's throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, could see him a, I could see him running for lieutenant governor. If so, I mean, Stell Parker Shelby. What Stel if she Parker ran for Shelby. governor? Oh, God. Go uh, what if uh, Stephanie Bolden ran for governor? What if. Oh, come on. What are you, what are you doing here? Dave Carter. I think he could be. He's got a lot of experience at the county level. I think it's time to make that step up. You know what? Mike Smith has a podcast. (laughs) Mike Smith could run for governor. Yeah, he could for media connections. Yeah, but I mean, so the the two that are already running are the ones we know with BHL and um, Matt Meyer, Uh, and then yeah, Lisa's name's been thrown around a lot. I guess the Lisa thing. I know it's been thrown around. Like here, here's here's the problem. It's so bad here Mm -hmm. that. I don't even know. I guess we said it earlier, and if, it, if that part got cut out or it was before mm-hmm. the mics got turned on. <coughs> Carney makes Markel look like FDR. So, like, Matt Meyer, for example, has the, the potential to be decent at least enough. Like, he's not going to be – he's not going to veto marijuana. No. You know, or whatever. Like, he, right. he's going to be okay. He's going to have some agenda – Whatever. Is Lisa going to have an agenda? Like, I don't think Bethany's going to have an agenda, to be honest. Well, Bethany has said, if you're talking about marijuana, she would sign the bill. Right, but I'm not even, I'm, I mean, I was using that as an example, no, though, but. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and, and I mean, I don't, I'm not necessarily looking for someone with an agenda. Of course, I think I would love it, and I know that Jason would love it, if Sarah McBride said she wanted to run for governor. Mm-hmm. First of all, she would win. I mean, yeah. she, I believe she would win in a landslide. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she's right now, we don't know what's going on with her. It's funny. The thing she's been, uh, she's uh, I, I have to say this, a mm-hmm. bunker veteran. She's been in this studio. And the know. tumblers don't, you know, the, the gears don't mesh sometimes the way you think they're going to. Like, Chris Coons shouldn't be in the Senate because uh, Christine O'Donnell shouldn't have be- beaten <laughs> Mike Castle in the primary. But... Obama was elected and people got up, you know, people got outraged that we had a black president. So weird stuff happens. So for Lisa Blunt Rochester, 
I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for her to run because I think she doesn't want to take on uh, Cat, uh, Carper. I think McBride should take on Carper, go to Delaware Liberal and read about that. <laughs> but yeah. but um, as far as the next governor is, I almost feel like it's it's it, it feels sickeningly inevitable to me that it's going to be Bethany Hill Long. It's always, you know, lieutenant governors always have the inside track. And she has really committed herself to being a governor and for who knows why <laughs> but again because this she is wants my to problem be. i guess like this is like the carney thing like she's committed to be the governor exactly but like we don't know why yeah <laughs> 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 like the, the reason why we don't know yeah, yeah i mean that's the thing like i because none of them have really officially announced yet like matt technically is kind of announced this is not an but, official program we do we just uh, do whatever we want. but no, like the no. thing that i want to see is like what is your platform why are you what are you running the on? Agenda. What do well, that's you what want i said that's why i said to steve yeah. like what because we can't really judge anything like we know that matt's been good on a lot of stuff and not so great on other stuff bethany said that she's going to be good on some stuff hasn't been great on other stuff lisa bump rochester been good on some stuff hasn't been good on like right and the thing is matt meyer's the only one we can really even actually get a feel for because he's the one who's actually held an executive office where he's been doing stuff yeah so we have a sense which for like has been, what again i be. if you if you if you look at matt meyer's stuff relative to my political persuasion he stinks mm -hmm. if you look at matt meyer against john carney again what did we say before actually matt meyer but john carney might look like a fucking eugene debs for fuck's sake I think like, it's interesting Carney's that so bad, the, but, the, but if you but remember, like, if you remember, but, but it's all relative, right? Mm -hmm. Like Meyer doesn't seem that that great, but I mean, I mean Meyer. Let's let's be honest. Matt Meyer would go to Davos. I think there's no question about that. <laughs> so everything we were everything we were joking about before, yeah. that guy. I mean, look, he'd be he'd give a fucking speech in Swahili <laughs> at fucking Davos. Well, well, keep in mind now, Carney literally never ran on any kind of platform. Carney, his first race was like, oh, I'm waiting to see what my dear friend uh, Bo Biden is going to do. When everyone knew how mm. sick he was. Yeah. Oh, and then, oh, it's, it, we need to have a mourning period. He basically had no platform the first time. He had no platform the second time. So, And he, he governed like he had no platform. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I mean, that's why, I mean, Sarah McBride would be my, my, my dream candidate. Or mm. the name that I've thrown out there, Eugene Young. I mean, mm -hmm. I think he could be a formidable candidate, and maybe, and if not for that, I mean, you know, if if Lisa Blunt Rochester is not going to challenge Tom Carper, mm -hmm. then Eugene Young ought to challenge him because Carper mm -hmm. is ripe to be taken. Yeah, he was barely intelligible, you know, last time he ran. Yeah, now he's four years more mealy and mush mushmouth. Let's go, Democrats! Katie Porter showing you what to do. She's Look, leading uh, the way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little. Uh, I'm going to put a little secret message in here. <laughs> this is a secret message from my brother, my brother Eugene. Brother Eugene, I know either you're going to hear this or somebody's going to send it to you. You know what to do. Steve just said what to do. Dude, we got it. You know. Eugene, brother, you know I will rally the troops. And when I say troops, I mean like you know what I mean. Please, buddy. Do it. Do what Steve said. <laughs> and the good news is you only have to win a Democratic primary 
once you've won that in Delaware, the nice thing is statewide, you've basically won. So. Yeah. He was one of the most. I, I mean, don't know, Carl. Steve, I... Steve saying that actually makes me want to fight somebody yeah. right now. I mean, he. I mean, when I first met him, I, you know, he. I've rarely, I rarely get impressed by politicians because I've been around him for all this time. He blew me away. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely blew me. I mean, he would have been mm-hmm. the mayor of, of Wilmington if not for you know. The fact that he had about 18 Buddy, black this, candidates. This, 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 this podcast is called The Highlands Bunker for a reason. <laughs> now, if you go, here's what you should do. And for anybody who's new to this game, what you should do is you should go back to the uh, Eugene Young, Mike Brzezicki primary. And before that, you should see how many voters, registered voters in the Highlands neighborhood where Mike Brzezicki lives. Uh, that were flipped from Republican to Democrat to mm-hmm. vote in the primary by a, a a a campaign, a mail and canvas campaign financed by Cheney Pollock Group. And so, yeah, if you want to know why this fucking podcast is called Highlands Bunker, that's another fucking reason for it because of that. <clears throat> because that's exactly what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. Eugene, Eugene got, he got got. Mm-hmm. Just like Stephanie Bolden got. <laughs> Stephanie. I mean, that BPG money spends. We were saying it earlier. <laughs> the BPG money spends. And they have so many different subsidiaries and, you know, uh, offshoots and what have you. It's the BPG this group, the BPG that group. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, they've got all these different. And they can all give $600 to a legislative yeah. campaign. 1200 if you've got a primary. They max out. They love it. Yeah. Well, folks. We've reached the end of another, just a ripping episode. I said it, actually, uh, on the blog. Th- this should go behind a paywall, really. <laughs> the fact that people get to listen to this for free, I mean, they should throw some money, but the fact that they get to listen for for free is, is actually a fucking travesty of justice, <laughs> to be honest. No, that's number one. But, you know, if you, f- if you if you feel that you've been inspired by this, the first thing you should do is join Working Families Party. That's number one. We will put a link in the show notes to that. Number two, the show notes are very uh, explicitly in patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker, where you could also click on many, many, many links to just support us by $10 a month. You're just helping us out. You know, uh, we're doing, we're doing as the, the best work we can. We have a lot of things on the horizon, by the way. Uh, we're, we're utilizing the good name of, of the Delaware Call and the good name of Jordan Howell, who's done incredible work, to uh, to embark on a uh, a history project of sorts that we're trying to get funded, which will people will very much enjoy, I think, if we if we're able to do it. But uh, yeah, you know what to do: read Delaware Liberal, read the Delaware Call, and uh, give the podcast money. Really, is that's what we're looking for, to be honest. Just get off your ass and get active, Just, too. Yeah. And by the way, get off your ass and get active. Like, when you see these people out on the town, you can yell at them. Just be like, you suck. <laughs> if you see Chris Coons at the fucking Wegmans, tell them, I don't appreciate what you did at Davos. I think it's garbage, and you suck. And just tell them that. There's nothing he can do. He has to listen to you. Support Lula. Support the Working Families Party. 
And you know what? Jason already said it. Left his passage.